let's jump into this morning's lesson. As I was going through my lesson this week, as you know, we've been in this series called Building Resilient Disciples, which is all about how do we become true followers of Christ, both in word and in deed, and not only followers of Christ, but followers in Christ who can stick with it through the difficult times. Now, this week we were going to start the second part of this series, which is building the muscles of cultural discernment, which simply means looking at how do we start to think and act and behave as Christians would behave. And as I was putting my lesson together for this week, I just couldn't help but be kind of overwhelmed by all of the things that are going on in our country right now. And I, I kind of decided to, to make a little bit of a left turn from where I was, was headed with my sermon. So instead of that, we're going we're gonna to continue with this thought of building the muscles of cultural discernment, but we're going to focus this morning on love, because I think that that's where it starts. Now, unfortunately, it's not the only answer. It's not the end-all, be-all answer. If we all come together and say, well, yes, we love everyone, that doesn't fix the problems that we're seeing and some of the things that we've seen this week, but I think it's a great starting point. If we truly start to love one another in that radical way that Jesus loved, loved people and still loves people, then I think that's a great starting point for us. And again, it's not the end-all, be-all. It's not going to fix all of the problems that we're facing, but I think it's a great starting point. Radical love is so important for us. Jesus showed it to us. Our Heavenly Father showed it to us, and we need to truly show that to everyone that we come into contact with. And that's what we're going to take a look at here this morning. We're going to look at radical love, and, it, and it's not about my thoughts or opinions on this, and I'm going to do my best to keep those in check, but we are going to look at the words in red this morning. We're going to look at the words of Jesus Christ and what he taught about radical love. So let's jump into that this morning. So radical love. What is radical love? That radical word, right, kind of gets your attention and it makes you go, wait a minute, what does he mean by radical love? So let's take a look at what radical love is and just as importantly, what radical love is not. Radical love is love that focuses on the recipient of love and sees them for who they are, a child of God, just as deserving of love as anyone else. Guys, this is so important because everyone is made in God's image. Whether we agree with them politically, philosophically, religiously, they're still a child of God and they still deserve our love and respect. Now, but let's just as importantly take a look at what radical love is not. And that is, love is not too forgiving or too accepting or does not give others a free pass to do and behave in any way that they see fit. And that is so important because you can't just take that first thing about what love is without taking what radical love is not. I am not saying, and don't hear this, I am not saying that we have to agree with everything that comes out of someone's mouth. And I'm not saying that we should accept things that go against God's will. Don't hear that. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is we still have to love those people just in the same way that God loves us and he loves them. And that's important. It's so very important that we love everyone, not just people that look like us or think like us or talk like us or pray like us. But we have to truly love 
everyone. And again, not, not to say that we have to accept everything that they do or say, you know what, it's okay that you don't believe in God and things like that. But what I'm saying is we still have to love them because how can we minister to people if we don't first show them love? Love is what's going to open the door. And if we truly can learn this concept of loving everyone, and we teach that to our children, and we teach that to the people that we minister to, and we teach that to the people that we disciple to, then we can start a small step in making the change that hopefully changes our world, and we start to move away from these terrible things that we've seen happening to people because of their background, their religion, or their race. And it's so important, and that's what we're going to talk about here this morning. So if you want to open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 6, we are going to look through Luke chapter 6, and we're going to start in verse 27. And we're going to kind of break this down a couple of verses at a time and dig into this a little bit deeper and talk a little bit deeper. This passage at the end of Luke chapter 6, starting in verse 27, has often been called the Mount Everest of love. And the reason that it's called that is because it challenges us in a way that some people think is not possible. It challenges us in a way that's difficult. Just as if you were to say, I'm going to go climb Mount Everest. It's not going to be an easy task. And you know that going into it. It's going to be very, very difficult, both physically and mentally. And for some, this idea of radically loving everyone is just like climbing Mount Everest. It's difficult. It's counterintuitive. It's hard. It takes work but it's totally worth it in the end. So that's what we're going to look at today. And we're going to start in Luke, and we're going to start verse 27 of chapter 6. Now, this is, these are the words of Jesus. Again, these are not my words. These are not an author's words. These are the words of Jesus. But, but, but here's the thing. You have to understand the context of this verse. This was Jesus giving his followers a wake-up call. He was specifically saying things in a way to make them go, whoa, wait, you want me to do what? Because that's what Jesus calls us to do. He doesn't call us to be like everyone else. He doesn't call us to love the same way that everyone else loves. So this is a wake-up call. And in the language that he uses, we see the wake-up call that Jesus is trying to give, not only to his followers over 2,000 years ago, but to us here in 2020. And it says, But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those that hate you. So he comes out swinging, right? He comes out right off the bat and says something to make everybody go, What? What did he just say? What did Jesus just say? Did he just tell me that I'm supposed to love my enemies and do good to those who hate me? Yeah, he did. Because again, this is a wake-up call. And sometimes we need that wake-up call and we need that reminder. And I think maybe the events that happened this week are going to give us that wake-up call that we needed to say, look, we got to do better. We got to truly love others. So he says, do good to those who hate you. He says, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Again, this is counterintuitive to what human nature is or what we think we want to do or the manner in which we want to behave. 
it says, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hate you. This is such a hard concept, right? So wait a minute. This person speaks ill of me, speaks ill of my church, speaks ill of my religion, and I'm supposed to bless them. And I'm supposed to pray for those who mistreat me. Now we have a great example of that in the Bible when Jesus went to the cross and he said, forgive them, Father, they know not what they do. Because see, Jesus lived this out in his daily life. He lived this out in his ministry. He lived this out in the example that he set for you and for me. So let's go ahead and continue with our scripture. And we're going to pick up in verse 29 and read 29 and 30. And it says, If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. It says, Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have others do to you. And we're going to get into verse 31 a little bit more here in just a moment. So it looks like my jacket is fouling up the microphone, so we are just going to ditch that. Okay, so hopefully that'll help with our audio quality a little bit. I apologize for that. Uh, my jacket was interfering with the antenna on the microphone. So hopefully that takes care of it. Um, but anyway, let's jump back in. So we, we are talking about turning the other cheek. Now, this is one of those passages that for Christians can be kind of hard to swallow sometimes. Because sometimes we take this, this out of context or we take this in the wrong way. And, and what I want to remind you of is this is not saying that Christians should not stick up for themselves and we shouldn't defend ourselves and we shouldn't defend our faith. That, that's not what, what we're trying to get at here. But what we are saying is, if someone is hurling insults at us, if someone is doing something to us, then we turn away from that. And, and the reason that Jesus encourages us to do that is because if we don't do that, then all we're doing is fueling the fire and encouraging them and pushing them farther away from Jesus. Now, I don't believe what he's saying is don't defend yourself, just let somebody beat you up. I don't think that's what he's saying. But what he is saying is don't do anything to cause a barrier in ministering to other people. So what that means is if someone's hurling insults at me and I start hurling insults back at them, right? Because that's human nature. Do unto others if they've done unto you, right? I want to I throw that back. I want to throw that back. All I'm doing is causing myself to get upset and potentially sin and causing this person to continue to sin because I'm fueling that fire. That's not the way we love other people because see, what we're talking about is agape love, right? We're talking about that love that where we love everyone in this powerful, powerful way. And when we do that, we're able to turn the other cheek and say, okay, not fire back, not swing back, not, not come back in violence, but to turn the other cheek. The things that are going on in our world should upset us. They should upset us. When we look at the Bible, when injustices were done, Jesus Christ himself even got upset. He got upset. In his last days, when he went into the temple courts and he saw the money changers and the people were selling things and trying to make money out of the holy place, he got angry and he drove them out. 
And there are certain things that happen, there are certain injustices that happen that should upset us. But how we respond to that and how we react to that is what sets us apart as Christians. Because see, we're following this powerful example that Jesus made for us in the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 6, where we have to love others. And I believe that's exactly what he's talking about when he says, turn the other cheek. He's not saying don't stick up for yourselves, don't stick up for your faith. He's saying don't do anything to exacerbate the situation. Don't do anything to cause the person who's insulting you or attacking you to continue to sin. And don't put anything in between you that prevents you from ministering to that person. Radical love requires responding to wrongs with positive ministry toward the wrongdoer, not with retaliation. It says, if we live righteously and hold firmly to God's truth, then we have enemies in this evil, excuse me, we will have enemies in this evil world. It says, our lies will convict sinners who will try to bring us down so that they can justify their own sins. It says, we must respond to all mistreatment by acting lovingly to those who wrong us, never by retaliation. Because see, when we respond in a way that goes counter to culture, then we show Jesus to others because that's exactly what Jesus did. And he's our example. And his way that he showed love to others is exactly how we need to show love to others. But we don't do that through retaliation. We do that through love. Because see, when we act differently Hopefully that attracts other people to us. I talk a lot to our youth group about the fact that you don't have to go out and quote book, chapter, and verse to people. It's great if you can do that. But showing Jesus to others is so much more powerful of a way to bring people to Jesus Christ. Because see, when you don't go along with the crowd, when you do something countercultural, it makes people stop and take notice. And hopefully it does that in a positive way that they say, hey, why didn't he act like that? Why did he walk away instead of fighting? Why did he walk away instead of engaging in some kind of a verbal confrontation? And hopefully people see that in us and they go, that, that's something that I want in my life. I want to be able to do that. And it attracts them to them and maybe even opens up a conversation with them to say, hey, why didn't you do that? I didn't do that because I need to love everyone, even this person who doesn't deserve it, in my opinion. Because see, God loves everyone and Jesus loves everyone. And he sets the example that we need to love everyone. And when we do that, and when we set that example, hopefully that brings people to us so that we can point them to Jesus. As Paul said, follow me as I follow Jesus. And that's what we need to do. So how do we do that? We do that by blessing them, just like this passage said. And these are straight from the passage. We do that by praying for them. We do that by truly turning the other cheek from them. And we do that by giving them more. More of us and more of Jesus. So let's jump ahead to verse 31. 
And this is, this is probably one of the most common verses in the Bible. This is probably one of those Bibles, one of those Bible verses you have committed to memory. It's one of these things that's said inside of church, outside of church, and everywhere you go. It's this thing called the golden rule, right? Which is simply do to others as you would have them do unto you. If you wanted to take this in a nutshell, you could take just this verse and it says it all. Some of the things that are going on in our world wouldn't be going on in our world if we simply said, if everyone said, I'm going to do to others as I would want them to do to me. I'm going to truly do to others as I want to be done to me. And that would take away a lot of the hate and a lot of the injustice and a lot of the pain and the suffering that goes on in our world because you wouldn't want that for yourself, so why do we do it to others? Why do we tear down other people? Why do we cause division in the church? Why do we cause division in our nation? Because that's not what we want, and that's not what God wants. Paul very specifically warns us in the book of Romans about causing division and causing disunity because that's what happened in, in the early church, and he warns us about that, to stay away from that. There's been so much happening in our world between the COVID-19 and between the things that happened in Minnesota, and, and just sometimes it can be almost overwhelming, all these crazy things that are going, but the problem is it's dividing us as a people, it's dividing us as a nation, and it's dividing us even as a church. And that's the real danger, is in the division and the disunity. And that's what we have to come together in love and figure out how do we fix it. If we could all put into practice the golden rule, that would be a phenomenal step in that direction. And again, I'm not saying I have the answers to all of the problems that are going on right now. I wish I did, but I don't. But what I'm saying is love and these things that we learn in Luke chapter 6 are a starting point because a journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step. Biblical love requires treating others as we wish to be treated. It says, if everyone would follow this simple rule, we would have no more quarrels, no lying, no stealing, no abuse, no violence. Everyone would treat everyone else with respect and kindness being sensitive to their feelings, and it would truly be heaven on earth. Would you think just for a moment what that would look like? Take just a moment and think of how amazing our world would be if everyone did that. Will we ever have that on this earth? Probably not. Sad but true. But one day, one day, when we make it to heaven, this is exactly what it's going to be like. Because, see, there'll be no more hate, and there'll be no more division, and there'll be no more lying, and there'll be no more stealing, and there'll be no more cheating, and everyone will truly love one another. I can't wait for that day. But what can we do to make it a little bit more like that before that day happens?
says, the golden rule is of no use to you whatsoever unless you realize that it's your move. See, the golden rule doesn't work unless I put it into effect and you put it into effect and you teach that to your children and you teach that to the people that you mentor and you teach that to the people that you disciple. It doesn't do us any good if we don't apply it. Our seatbelt in our car doesn't work if you don't put it on. It's the same thing. See, we have to apply it to ourselves, and we have to show that to others, and we have to convince others about this love that we have with others. Because if we don't, then we're never going to get anywhere with this. We're never going to make any progress. It says, how will the other person feel, and how would I feel if I were in their place? What if anytime we did anything, anytime we made a decision, anytime we said anything, anytime we posted something on social media, we stopped and thought, what does the other person think? How is the other person going to feel about this? It'd be powerful. It'd be amazing. If you would turn with me just briefly to Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. And I know I said we're going to be in Luke, and primarily we are, but we've got a a couple of verses that I want to highlight elsewhere. Again, Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. It's also on the screen for you. It says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Again, it's just the golden rule stated in another way. But Paul highlights it to us again. Don't do it for yourself. Because see, we're not called to live a life that glorifies ourselves. We're called to live a life that glorifies Jesus. And when we love everyone, and we show that in our words and in our actions, then we're truly pointing people to him and taking the focus off of us. Let's go ahead and continue with our scripture. Picking up in Luke chapter 6, verse 32, it says, If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, then what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect payment, what credit is that to you? It says, even sinners lend sinners, lend to sinners, excuse me, expecting to be repaid in full. See, it's not enough to just love the people who love me. It's not enough to love just the people who love me or think like me or look like me or act like me. I have to love everyone. And see, he asked those rhetorical questions because he wants us to understand that we need to be different and not as the sinners do. Rhetorical questions. They're powerful. It says, Uh, Let's see, it says, radical love exceeds the world's standards of love. It says, his followers must go above and beyond in the way the world loves. Jesus' followers must show radical love towards others from pure motives, namely to please God, who loved us and gave us his son to redeem us from our sins. 
If God is pleased, then the response of the other person does not hinder our love. I love that last statement so much. If God is pleased, then the response of the other person doesn't hinder us. See, when when we go about truly loving everyone, it's not always going to be reciprocated. It's not always going to be reciprocated. When the apostles went out to spread the word, Jesus gave them the instruction to go into every city. And if they don't welcome you there and they aren't willing to hear what you have to say, then then shake the dust off and move on. We can only control our actions, right? We can only control the fact that we're going to show love to everyone. They may not love us back, right? It's kind of like fishing. I love to fish, but they call it fishing and not catching. Am I going to catch everyone? No. Would I like to? Yes. But the bottom line is I'm not going to catch everyone. So when you throw that that net of love out, you're not going to catch everyone. Jesus didn't catch everyone. Jesus, who was the best speaker and teacher of our time, didn't convince everyone to be a follower of him. You're not going to convince everyone through your love. But we're called to try and to love everyone. How they respond is on them and not us. Luke chapter 6, verse 35, let's move ahead. It says, but love your enemies, do good to them. And lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because He is in kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. You know, social media is is a powerful thing, and it can be a great thing, and it can also be a terrible thing. When you go to help someone to truly show love to someone, this scripture teaches us we need to do that out of the proper motive. And the proper motive is to show Jesus to them through our loving actions. Not so that I can see how many likes I can get on social media because I helped this person, but see, I also filmed it so that I could place it on social media so I could see how many likes I can get. Or so that I could post it on Instagram so I could see how many more followers I can get. Or if I can make it go viral. See, that's not doing things out of the motive that God would have us to do it. And obviously, we can't help everyone. But help people, love people, not to say, hey, watch me. I'm this great, faithful Christian, and watch me love these people but to truly show Jesus to people who need to see and hear Jesus. And that's what a resilient disciple does, is they go out and they help people and they love people, but they do it because they love God and God loves them. Last week, we talked a lot about how we show God that we love him. And when we do things out of the proper motives and out of the proper place in our heart, because remember, he knows our hearts, then we're pleasing to God and we're showing him that we love him. Radical love shows the nature of God to people who desperately need him. When he says that you will be some sons of the Most High, he does not mean that you become a child of God by your loving deeds, but rather that you prove or show it 
in that way. See, we're, we're not saved by our deeds alone, but our deeds should prove that we love and that we're Christians and that we're Christ followers. See, they work hand in hand, our faith and our actions, our faith and our deeds. It says, God shows his kindness to ungrateful and evil people. He gives them life, health, food, clothing, and many other blessings. And we talked about this a few weeks ago, that sometimes <laughs> the people who are not Jesus followers seems like they have the best life and the easiest life and things just always tend to happen for them and they get the new car and the big house and they get the promotion. And sometimes we, we're left feeling, what about me, God? See, God shows people love. He shows everybody love. He shows even the wicked love. But here's the difference. Theirs is for a short time here on earth. See, the love that they're getting, it, 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 there they think they're getting, or we think that they're getting, is here on earth and it's short term. See, we're not promised all the blessings here on earth. Right? And sometimes we feel like it's just not fair, but what we have to be focused on is the long-term goal. We have to be focused on climbing to the top of that mountain, which is one day spending eternity in the most amazing place that you can even imagine that's beyond our comprehension. So we don't care that people may be succeeding here on earth. What we care about is we're going to be succeeding in heaven for the rest of eternity. Because our time here on earth is short compared to our time in eternity, which is hard to even comprehend and wrap our brains around. It says, when we show God's radical love by being kind to those who mistreat us, by treating others as we wish to be treated, by giving when there is nothing in it for us, sometimes those in the world will notice and ask, why are you different? And that's what we tell them about God's love in Jesus. So let's wrap it up. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 brings this all home for us. Brings it all home. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ didn't go to the cross, and Christ didn't stay on that cross, and Christ didn't suffer and die for us because we deserved it. No, 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 no. We didn't deserve it, and we still don't deserve it. He did it out of his love for us. So when you say, oh, those people don't deserve my love because they don't think the way that I think or because they're not Christians, think back to what Jesus did. Because Jesus didn't just die for you and me. He did, of course. But he died for the sins of all mankind in hopes that they would come to know him, to see him, to love him, and to be saved. Because Christ loves everyone. And Christ wants everyone to be saved and wants everyone to go to heaven. Regardless of where they're from or what their background is or what the color of their skin is. And that's the mindset that we need to have. And again, that doesn't fix, any, that doesn't fix everything. But it starts with us. 
It starts with us showing that we love everyone. And it starts with us teaching our children to love everyone and teaching all of those around us and showing to those around us that we love everyone. And when we do that, we can start to make a change. Because we believe in a God that loves everyone. And we've got to do the same exact thing. So let's look at some takeaways. We have to look at the totality of Scripture. And what I mean by that is, if you look at the Bible from Genesis all the way to Revelations, it's a story of love. We are reminded over and over and over again that God loves us and that we need to love others. And we see that played out time and time and time and time again. And yes, the Old Testament is the Old Covenant and the New Testament is the New Covenant. And I understand that. But what I'm saying is this, love, love, love all the way through the Bible. It's a love story. It's the central theme, if you want to call it that, of the Bible is love. So if we're Christians, if we're truly resilient disciples, we've got to be showing that love to everyone that we encounter and everyone that we come in contact with. And that's what I mean by look at the totality of the Scripture. Look at the totality of the Bible. It's a love story. Look at the context of this passage. See, Jesus knew that we would struggle with these kinds of things. Because this is something that's been going on for years and years and years and years and years and years and years, all the way back in Bible times. Look at Jesus and the woman at the well. Perfect example. This is not something that's new. Unfortunately, this has been going on for thousands of years. Jesus used very strong language in this Mount Everest of faith to say, look, you've got to love everyone. It says, look at Jesus' life to interpret his words. He lived what he taught. I love this about Jesus. You know, we've seen throughout the years, we've seen different preachers and teachers and, and high-profile you know, pastors and things that are in the news that have kind of fallen from grace and made these ridiculous mistakes, and we find out that, that they weren't living out the words that they were teaching to their flock. But Jesus lived out these words. He didn't just tell us to love everyone. He showed us how to love everyone. He gave us specific instructions on how to love everyone. And we've got to do that because Jesus lived it out. And he is our example. He is our example. Not people in the world. He's our example. And lastly, but not least, look at your heart and apply the spirit of his teaching to our own lives. Knowing the Bible is great, it's important, it's valuable, it's necessary. But knowing it and not doing it defeats the whole purpose. Knowing it but not doing it defeats the whole purpose. Because if you can quote the whole Bible, fantastic. But if you're not living that out in your own lives, if you're not living that out or at least striving to live that out every single day of your life, then what's the point? What's the point of reading the instructions and not putting it into practice? I want you to think about the way that Jesus loves us. 
And he loves us despite the fact that we screw up every single day. Because we fall short every day. And let's just be honest with ourselves, we do. But because he loves us enough to forgive us and still wants to have a relationship with us and still wants us to have a home with him one day in heaven. And that's the bottom line. And that's what we have to remember. Apply it. It's got to start somewhere and it should be the church. Now, in just a moment, we are going to sing a song together that would generally be the invitation song. And even though we're not meeting here physically at the building, if you have needs that we can help you with, please don't hesitate to reach out either to me personally or to any of the church staff or the elders. We are happy to help you. We are happy to pray for you in any way that we can. Or maybe you've never taken that next step in your faith and been baptized for the remission of sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and you want to do that and that's something that's on your heart, please don't wait. Get in contact with us. We can meet you here at the building and we will be happy to baptize you into Christ. Brothers and sisters, I love you. And I know that you love each other. Let's go out there and show the world that we love them too. Would you join me as we sing this song? Let God arise. Let God arise. Our God reigns now and forever. He reigns now and forever. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us here at the Mission Viejo Church of Christ with our online services. I hope that you are feeling uplifted and blessed today, and I hope that hopefully you'll be able to join us very soon uh, in the next few weeks as things start to open up and as things start to change. As Brother Ken said, uh, hopefully we'll be all together soon. So would you please join me in a word of closing prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity that we have, despite our circumstances, to still continue to do the work of the church, to still continue to be together as a church family. Heavenly Father, we know that we're living in very uncertain times and we're seeing some things happening in the world that are breaking our hearts, and I know they're breaking your hearts as well, your heart as well. So Heavenly Father, just help us to start to facilitate change. Heavenly Father, help us to start to truly show love to one another. And hopefully that love is contagious and that love spreads and that we can start to truly make a difference in this world here on earth. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this church family, wherever they may be. We pray that you'll continue to bless them, continue to keep them safe, and we pray that you'll continue to be with our leadership as they tread these difficult waters of this reopening process. But Heavenly Father, we know that you have your hand in this and we know that you love us and that you only want the best for us. So help us as we go out this week, Heavenly Father, to truly show love to everyone that we encounter. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining our services today. Again, try to catch our online services in the middle of the week, and then our children's worship again starting at 1015 next Sunday morning. Thank you so much for watching. Have a great day. We will bow before his throne. We will worship him in righteousness. 
we will worship Him alone. He is Lord of all the universe. He is Lord of all who live. He is Lord of all the heaven and earth. All praise to Him we give. Oh, hallelujah to the King of kings. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah to the Lord of Lords, who is the great I Am. We will glorify.